Aren't you thankful tonight that Jesus changes things? Don't you ever forget that God changes things. He changes things. God can change what's going on. God can change you out of your season. God can change things. You know, the first miracle that Jesus was, uh, that, that was recorded in the Bible, Jesus changed the water to wine. You know what I love about that? It's so simple. I, I just stole this from another preacher. I heard it on the radio. He said, you know what, you know what happened? He said, God changes things. Jesus can change things. Never planned on coming in here now as a deacon at our church. Man, I love the water. I'm so thankful we can all come to the well. We look around this room. Go ahead, look around. I know you want to anyways. Feels good, don't it? I do it anyways. I just don't care. You look around at the people's lives who've been changed. Changed. Going one way one day. They met Jesus. Now they're going another way. Because he changed them. Daniel chapter 2. I'm going to be there briefly. If you want to just listen, I'm going to turn to a few other scriptures. I'm going to read this. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 20. This is when God showed Daniel Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are His. And He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. The beginning of verse 21 says, And He changes the times and the seasons. Psalm chapter 16. Psalm chapter 16 verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Psalm chapter 21, if you want to turn there, that'll be my main text. Psalm, excuse me, Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22 and verse 2 says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and am not silent. The night season. Church, You need to know that there is a night season. There's different seasons. There's different times. Sometimes, even just as the sister testified this evening, sometimes we can forget. Amen? Sometimes we can forget that God changes things. Sometimes we can forget and wonder, God, what's going on? God, I thought you showed me this. God, I thought that it was going to go this way. Sometimes we can be in a night season. Some of you, maybe tonight, you're in a night season right here and right now. You don't see. You don't understand. It seems like everything's going wrong. You know, a night season can be scary. A couple weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, I was driving in Nebraska. I was up there working. There was a bad blizzard. Let me tell you something. I was scared. I hadn't been that scared. I can't remember the last time I was that scared. I was scared. It was freezing up on the border of almost by Wyoming. I was terrified. When I say a blizzard, I mean you couldn't see. 
Visibility was low. It, it was awful. I had to cancel all my appointments. My GPS didn't work. I did not know which direction I was driving. I was up in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Wyoming, the border of Wyoming, amen? Shake your head like you're with me. Deuce, give me an amen. I'm in the middle of nowhere. There was re- I never seen that many wrecks before. I was in a blizzard driving, on visibility, the sun's going down. I had to go meet Deuce back at the hotel, at a hotel that we had to just get. You know what happened? I'm driving back. I've never seen that many wrecks in my life. Never. Semis all over the place. <laughs> driving like a bunch of idiots. I mean, I'm just being honest. Semis wrecked all over the place. And I'm sitting here going, you know, I'm going like 40, probably too fast. I was scared. I was trying to get back. It was getting darker and worse. It was in the night season. I'm driving, and these semis are passing me. I mean, like, passing me fast. I was like, <laughs> No wonder you guys are all over the stinking road. There's this one passes me. As he passes me, right in front of me, the entire semi starts to, you know, I'm afraid one of them suckers is going to hit me. One of them started to go sideways right in front of me after he flew by me. He straightens it out. I'm I'm afraid we're going to get into a wreck. He straightens it out, and then he has to put on his brakes. And we had to totally stop. You know why? Because there was another huge semi turned over on the side in the road right in front of us. We couldn't go, literally. There was a trailer in the ditch, you know, a truck connected to a long trailer. The trailer was lifted up off the ground. The truck was just dangling there. It looked like a toy. I'd never seen so many wrecks in my life. The next day, sun came out, hit 40 degrees, driving down the same highway. I could see everything. It was just like, this is crazy that I was even in the same spot yesterday. You know, yesterday at that time seemed so long ago. You know, during that time, it was like that moment, in that time and in that moment, when I was in the car, just me, all alone. I was so scared, and it seemed to last for so long. It's funny how just a difference, what a day makes. Next day, I'm driving around, I'm like, I was scared here last night. I can see everything. Uh, up there, they had already put the salt and that stuff down on the road. It was fine, literally. Total difference. Begin to think how scared I was. See, when you're in the night season, you can't see. You know, it's a scary thing to not be able to see. I couldn't see. I didn't trust the very ground beneath me. I was scared. You know, when we can't see and we don't understand, we can get scared. Sometimes we're going through a night season and we're saying, God, where are you? God, I thought I was supposed to have these appointments today. God, I I thought you divinely ordained this appointment. God, I I thought it was supposed to be this way. God, where are you? I don't see I don't understand. I don't even know which direction I'm going. Am I going the wrong way, God? Am I even doing anything right? All the while in the night season, God's got you in the palm of His hand. During the time of those night seasons, He is doing more in you than you see, more than you know, more than you understand. You're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah, that next day I reset all my appointments. Everything was fine. Everything turned out fine. It was great. 
I mean, it, it was fine. You know that verse I read in Psalm 16? It said, my heart instructs me in the night seasons. I thought about that, my heart. If you've been here any length of time, you often pastor has taught, I think I've taught it a few times, the difference between your soul and your spirit. Your soul, it's who I am. The place of the heart, the mind, the will, the emotions. He says, my heart instructs me in the night seasons. Maybe I'm overly simple, but you know what, I, that, I'm just going to tell you what God, I, I believe the Lord led me in that. He didn't say in that scripture, in the night season, your spirit leads me. He said, the night season, my heart instructs me. My heart leads me. I thought, man, what does that mean? You know, your heart. My heart is me. My heart is what I know. Sometimes when you're in the night season and you don't know what to do, just do what you know. When you don't know what to do, just do what you know. And know this, trust in a withdrawing God. Trust in a God that there, listen, there is seasons. There's different times in our life. There is a night season. Twenty fifteen seemed to be such a night season. You know, I, I saw God's call on my life and His hand, and I've seen Him minister and move. And sometimes when we're in a night season, we begin to question everything. Everything. Which direction am I going? Am I going the right way? Am I doing anything right? I started working for a company last year in January, end of December. Didn't even know if I could do it. I thought it was above me. I'm a hard worker. I just thought it's too much organization. It's too much this. I just won't be able to do it. And I remember praying about going to the company I was going to be with. I prayed about it for a long time. And I remember during that time just feeling like, man, there was a hard test that you got to pass be able to to get your license, and it was so difficult for me. I mean, this may surprise you guys, but man, I can't sit still for nothing. I'll sit here, I'll listen to my pastor preach, you know. I'll listen to the preacher preach, man, that's got my attention, man. When God is moving, man, if God's speaking through you, I will sit down and shut up, believe it or not. Amen? But other than that, forget about it. I hated school. If you'd, have, if you'd have paid me, if you'd have gave me a full scholarship, totally paid, I'd been like, ha, you have to pay me more than that to go back to school. Hate it. Don't want to sit there. But for this, it required classes and all this. Man, I was going through it all. Believe God had given me the, the vision and the direction I needed. And I went and took the test. And they said, most people or a certain percent of people don't pass this test the first time. And I went and I took the test. And as I'm taking it, you know, I'd studied and gone through this class and done an internet course and gone through all of it, and, and it meant a lot to me. When I say it meant a lot to me, I was like, man, I'm doing something I've never done, homework, you know. I'm applying myself. I'm actually doing it, you know. Barely got my diploma from the alternative school when I was 20, and I was like, man, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to buckle down and do it, and this is where God led me. And I went and started taking my test. 
I'm taking my test, and I'm thinking, man, I've got this. I've got it. Went in there and opened it up. There was like 156 questions, and 130 of them were scorable or something stupid like that. I go and open it up, and I failed that test by four questions. Man, I was, I was crushed. I, I was crushed. I'd already made plans and arrangements. Maybe you think that's crazy, but I'm just like, man, if I'm done doing something, I'm getting two feet in the pool and getting in. Amen? So I had to retake the test. I had to retake the test, and it was the next week or two, and I went in there. I went in there and uh, started taking the test, and this time was different. It was a different one. They don't give you the same one. I sat down, I'm doing the test, and this time I'm like, man, I am totally, absolutely blowing it. I'm not getting any of them right. I mean, not even, I'm not even going to get half of them right. And I'm just like, I am so, this, it took an hour, I don't know how long it took. I'm so distraught. And I go and they give me my paper and I didn't even look at it. I just knew that I failed it. I knew that I failed it so much I honestly didn't open it up and look at it. There was, I, I promise, I'm not just making this up, there was zero anticipation of me looking at the paper. I mean, I wasn't anticipating, I wasn't going, maybe. I just knew I failed it. I put it in my pocket and I just felt like a failure. There, there's so much going on at this time I didn't share with you, but it was heavy. There was a lot going on, and it meant a lot. I'm, I go out to my car. I get in my car. I open it up. I'm like, I, I realize, I just sat there in my car. didn't move. I opened it up. I actually just realized when I sat there for a while, totally bummed, I realized that I never even looked at it. I'm being serious. I, I didn't even cross my mind. I just realized I didn't even look at it. I was like, just whatever. I opened it up, and I passed. And this may sound funny to you, and I didn't give you a lot of backstory and a lot of my personal life and personal business that went into this story. I'll tell you this. When I opened it up, I hunched over and wept. I cried so hard. It meant so much. There was more to it than just, not even, it wasn't even just the job. It was that I applied myself. It was a hard test. And I realized this. I didn't really gauge myself correctly. You see, while I thought everything was going so wrong, and I thought I was messing it all up, and I was going the wrong direction, turns out I was doing more right. Sometimes in the night season, you can't see, you're scared, you don't know what's going on. But you need to trust this in the night season, God's got this. You need to trust that He is with you. He'll never leave you, He'll never forsake you, and He's with you. I shared that story with you to connect it to another story. Amen? And I love sharing stories. If there's ever a good story and somebody starts to tell it, it doesn't even matter if I'm a part of it. If I've heard it, I'll be like, dude, be quiet. I'm going to tell it so much better than you. <laughs> so 2015, tough year. I'd never done it before. But 
and my job is going great. I love it. I've got a job where I feel like I never work. I'm convi- convinced I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. God's got his hand on me, and I love it. But 2015 was tough. Financially, 2015 was the toughest I've ever had in my entire life. It was brand new. There were times where it didn't look like we were going to make it. There were times where I literally sat out here in the church parking lot during VBS over there in my car all by myself crying out for the ravens to God to come and bring me some money so I can pay my mortgage. 29 days late. God provided. The same night. It was tough. Toughest I've ever had. I'm going through that. I'm going through that, and it was, it was just a, it was a tough, tough year. Tough on me, tough on my wife, tough on my family. I really didn't think I would share this story with anybody because you may take it wrong. I had a peace in my heart when I was studying for tonight. I had a peace in my heart to share it with you, so I'm going to. And all I can say is this, is if you take it wrong, you're wrong about me. 2015, toughest financial year of my life. We got a meeting about a week and a half ago, and Lori Young hands me my giving statement. I open up my giving statement. We gave more than we've ever given. Ever. And we made less than we've ever made. In that moment, it blessed me. I hope you don't take that wrong. I'm just telling you. Because just like with the test, it seemed like in 2015, I was in such a long night season, and I was doing everything wrong. And I'm not going the right direction. When I opened it up, I felt like God said, you're doing more right than you think you are. And God is in control even in the night season. Even when you don't see, even when you don't understand, even when you don't know what's going on. Oftentimes in the night seasons we question, God, where are you? God, why is this happening? But he's got his hand on you, child of God. Daughter of God, he's got his hand on you. He's with you in the night seasons. He's doing more than you see. He's doing more than you know. He's doing more than you understand. Trust him in the night season. That was on a Friday night. I hadn't really been feeling like I'd been hearing from the Spirit. Something deep, that still small voice spoke to me and said, things can change quickly. I said, huh. I knew it was the Lord. I knew for a fact it was God, that God spoke to me deep in my spirit, although it was quiet, although it was just that still small voice. I heard it in my spirit. I know it was God speaking to my spirit. can change quickly I told it to Hannah on Monday morning leaving for work I said Hannah I said things can change quickly I told you that didn't I because on Monday morning I said things can change quickly that next day was Tuesday because Tuesday follows Monday amen (laughs) without telling you all of my personal business Certain things happened. 
than a family. And on that Tuesday, two large, one really large, two payments were brought to us in check and fully completely paid off. You know, well, things can change quickly. I started to see something's begun to happen. God began to show me, Branson, you can trust me in the night seasons. Sometimes we think we're doing so wrong. You listen to me, child of God, son of God, daughter of God, listen to me. You're probably doing more right than what you think. You remember, you remember when God said to, to Satan in the book of Job, have you noticed my servant Job? You know, I was thinking of all the people that serve in this place. I wonder, Kevin, maybe the Lord said to the devil last week, hey, devil, have you seen my, you seen my servant Kevin? You seen all, the, see all that he's doing for the Lord? You seen, you seen my servant Andrea? Hey, hey, devil, you seen my servant here? You see all that she's doing? Tony preached that one time. I never forgot it. God bragging on his children. We can trust God in the night seasons. God's beginning to teach me. I can trust in him. I used to think, well, you know, it's funny that Pastor taught about that this morning. Oh, evangelist, you know, oftentimes we have that picture, you know, just the red color, you know. That's what he does. He goes and travels and just does that for a church. You know, I began to realize, you know, God, I thought you called me to preach all the time. God, I thought you called me to evangelism. God, I thought I'd be here now. God, I thought I'd be here now. Well, wait a minute, Branson. I am preaching every week. And I feel like God told me to be the associate pastor at Crossway Church. Okay, I am that. I feel like God called me to preach weekly. Okay, I'm doing that. Okay, I feel like God's called me to evangelism. I evangelize. I give all God all the glory. I'm evangelizing all the time. But last week I had six appointments. Six appointments to sign up people for health insurance. Signed up five of them. But the sixth one, good people couldn't help, couldn't specifically help them in their situation. I don't even know how, how it came up, I promise. But before I left, I was about to leave. We had a great talk. Wasn't nothing I could do for them. I'm about to leave. I don't know how it got brought up. Something about church and God. That can happen with me time to time, amen? And I look at the clock, and I know i got to be the same town right down the road. It's probably three minutes away. i got 45 minutes. Because I looked at the clock. It's right behind the lady because she says, Hey, you mind, you mind me asking what happened to you? You know me. I looked over at the shoulder of the clock. I was like, all right, I'll gauge this just right. And in those times, in those moments, it's always different. I always try and listen to the Spirit. There's not a, there's not a cookie-cutter way. Listen, if there is, it's listen to the Spirit of God, and that's it. I listened to the Spirit, and somewhere along the way, the woman was crying at the table. Somewhere along the way, the, the husband just sat there real quiet, uncomfortable, but very quiet and very intently listening. I kind of noticed that after I'd shared my testimony, like uh, after I'd been in it, I noticed... I've been talking for like 15 minutes and sharing it in the spirit of God. You know, I'm sensing God 
feeling and drawing these people to himself. I noticed that I've mentioned about getting drunk and how drunkenness is sin and how wrong I was. I'd said that like four times, and I look over, and they got like alcohol and booze all over their kitchen. I was like, oh, crud. I hope they didn't think I was being intense. But I was witnessing. I'm in somebody's house that I've never met, people who are lost that don't know the Lord, and I'm telling them what God's done in my life, and I'm telling them about Jesus. Some of you guys heard my testimony from that lady in Stafford, Kansas, sometime in the four or five months ago. Didn't sign the lady up for nothing. I walk in there. You guys remember that story I shared on a Sunday night? That lady had a spirit of fear. I walk in. She's got a gun on the table. Boy, we had a divine appointment that day. I left, and that woman was hunched over, holding my hands, crying, snot all the way to the floor, weeping, crying out, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. Shaking and weeping, saying, I'll never forget it the rest of my life. Her shaking after the prayer was over. me just I just sat back and let God be God. Boy, we were having camp meeting in her living room. I just sat back and she shook and looked up and said, he's real. He's real. Evangelism. I'm evangelizing. I'm preaching. God, although it didn't look like the way I thought it would look, you're actually in control. God, you're doing what you showed me. God, it's actually happening. See, just because it doesn't go the way that we see, the way that we know and understand, God is still in control, church, during the night seasons. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear it in the night season, and I'm not silent. Verse 3, my last verse. But, oh listen, but... You are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Spiritually speaking, we are Israel. The New Testament teaches that. You are holy. He says in the night season, I'm not silent, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Thursday night. I got another story, amen? Thursday night. I had a long two days, three days. I can't even remember. Been doing so much. I was exhausted. Had basketball practice. I'm coaching six and seven year old boys. Let me tell you, you gotta just be okay that it's chaotic, okay? It's crazy. Get out of practice. I'm tired. I go home and shower. And it's late, like ten thirty. Spirit of the Lord wants me to come up to church. I'm like, man, Lord, I really don't want to go up to church. I'm in my PJs. I mean, I don't have PJs, but, you know, comfy clothes. I'm like, man, I don't want to go. It's cold out. Come on, Lord. Lord is calling me. So I'm like, all right, I'll go. I come up here. I sit right where, I don't know why, I turn half the lights on in here. I sit right where Seth is sitting. Everybody go ahead and look. You want to. I sit right in that spot. I just sit there. And listen, I'll, you guys have heard me preach lots of times. I want to be fervent. I want to be urgent. I like the shout. I believe in shouting. I believe in shouting because this Bible teaches it. Praise God. It's his word, not mine. I believe in all that stuff. Let me tell you something. I didn't feel broken. Didn't feel like being here. Didn't feel like praying. It was really in one of those times where it was just like in a heart of unbelief. Just sitting there. I was about to leave. I just sat there for like 20 minutes. I'm like, this is totally pointless. Just didn't feel spirit-led on anything. It's one of those times where you felt like if you'd start to pray, it would just be pointless, and you're just talking. And 
I'm just telling you. I mean, I'm not saying I was right. I'm just telling you how I felt. And I don't always trust how you feel. Amen. Just sitting there, and I'm about to leave, and just one of those times the whisper was so quiet, I really didn't even hear specifically anything. There was just an inkling to start telling the Lord what I believe. Like, all right, I can spell out my theology, I guess. I don't know what to do. Just literally wasn't feeling stirred, wasn't feeling the spirit. So I just began to talk out loud and started walking up here. I just said, Lord, I, I believe that you, that you sent Jesus. Lord, I believe in Jesus. Lord, I believe he died on the cross. Lord, I believe in the blood. Lord, I believe that you saved me. God, I believe that you came to me in the darkness. God, I believe that you plucked me. I believe that you changed things. I believe that you're in control. I believe that you're powerful. And I began to get louder and louder. I began to just tell God, God, I believe in you. God, you are worthy. God, you are holy. God, there's none like you. Things began to change a little bit. I began to shout all over this stinking place. I began to praise and worship God. I can't explain it. I even felt it was just even strange when I first came up here, you know? I mean, I was just like, man, I just want to go home. All of a sudden, I didn't want to go anywhere. All of a sudden... I felt God in this place, and it was different. When I say it was different, I still wasn't one of them times where it's like, oh, God, I, I can't explain it. It was just aligning out what I know is true, it's, you know, focusing on the things that are lovely, focusing on the things that are pure and true and right and sane, and then just begin, my faith began to stir inside of myself, and I just began to hear it and feel it and know it, that God, you're real. God, you're in control. God, you're powerful. God, you're worthy of me to get out at 1030 at night and to come up here and to shout with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and with all my might. God, you're worthy of it all. God, I'll shout to you if you want me to stay here till 1, 2 a.m. because you're here, because you called me here, because I love you, because I'm your child. God, you are literally enthroned in our praises, and God, I give it to you because you're worthy. You are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. There's a note in my Bible. Few principles are more essential to our understanding than this one thing. The presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. Enthroned indicates that wherever God's people exalt His name, He is ready to manifest His kingdom's power in the way most appropriate to the situation as his rule is invited to invade our setting. Man, that's good. That's, that's good. I can say it like that. It ain't even my preaching. That's, that's good. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what God's word's telling us tonight? God is enthroned in our praises. We invite his presence. God, I may be in the night season. He says it here. And in the night season, and am not silent. It may be a night season. Oh, but God, you're holy. I may be in the night season, but you're in control. I may not see it. I may not feel it. I may not understand it. But you're enthroned in my praises. And I give it to you. And I cry out to you. And I worship you. And I invite your presence. Come into this place place. I invite your presence into this this situation. God, I praise you. Begin to think about that, Chris. 
He's enthroned in our praise. Man, I prayed this week. Pastor, I prayed for you for Sunday morning. I prayed for you during your sermon, for your sermon. Chris, I prayed for you in the whole worship band. One of the things, I came up this morning, I prayed this morning. And I just began to think, God, boy, I don't want to just come in here. When's the last time people were at the altars weeping? When's the last time people were getting right with God during worship service? Yeah, man, I hope, I hope we don't get, I mean, I, I hope we don't just get caught up into, well, and sometimes we can, it, it, just, I'm just going to say it. I hope we don't get caught up into, oh, do we stand too long? Do we sit too long? Are we sing too long? Do we sing too short? We're doing this and that. And there's a time and place for thinking and organization. I'm not saying that. But I'm, what I'm saying is this. When you're focused on all those things, and sometimes, you know, we get here on Sunday morning, there's a lot going on, and visitors, and this and that and that, and I'm worrying about this and that during the worship hour. I ask myself, if you're focused on all that, you know what you're not focused on? Him! Oh, I really enjoyed the worship service this morning. Well, listen, listen. Worship service is not for us. It's not for our enjoyment. It doesn't matter whether you like it, whether it should have been louder or softer. It's not for you. And when you're focused on those things, you're not focused on the King of Kings. When we come in here to praise and to worship, I want God, I, I know His Word, we've got to do it in truth. God, the, the, he, He's looking for, for those who worship in spirit and in truth. Worship's more than a song. How's that go, Chris? You can sing it and get it all. You can still be singing a song and, and still get it wrong because worship is more than a song. I began to ask myself, just say Crossway Church, me, all of us, are we just coming up here standing up? Are we just looking at the, board, the words on the board? I specifically prayed, God, this morning in our worship service, I pray that we'd exalt you. I want people to be at the altars crying. I want people to be at the altars getting right. God, I want your presence. Are we willing to get out of his way? If he wants us to sing all night long, if he don't want Branson to come up and preach on a Sunday night, am I willing to just say, okay, God, you're God. Shut my Bible and sit down and just sing to him. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to let the Spirit of God lead us? This morning, during the worship hour, people were going, and listen, I'm not taking... Listen, when God does something, it's all God anyways. I wouldn't even pray to it, and God hadn't stirred it in my heart to begin with. It's all God. But I was thankful for it this morning. I was thanking, thankful for the operation, for the unction, for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Because, friends, if we ever come in this place and go through the motions, if we ever come in this place and we think, oh, we're such a good church, and we are, oh, we just got a good pastor, if we think we could just live off of those things and survive off of last week, friend, that fire will dwindle. It's more than a song. It's more than singing. And in the night seasons, he put that together. In the night seasons, I won't be silent. He says that I'm going through the night season. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. What am I trying to tell you? Don't lose your song in the night season. Keep singing to him. Keep praising him. Keep worshiping Him when you don't see, when you don't feel, when you don't know, when you don't understand. What if I had came up here on Thursday night and I'd have just been saying all that and I didn't felt anything? Well, so what? Not about me and what I feel, and I'm not doing it to feel a different way anyways. Then it's not really worship. Then it's really selfish just for me to feel a different way. 
Sometimes I hope we don't do that either. Boy, come in here. Little boy, Chris, hope you can get me stirred up this morning. I really want, I really want to feel different, so I'm really going to attempt to sing, maybe even give a couple shouts and a, and a leg kick. You know, maybe I'm going to do that just because I want to feel different. That's not worshiping in spirit and truth. That's all about you. When we get focused on God, when we focus on who he is, worship him, praise him. He is enthroned in the praises of Israel. Don't forget to praise him in the night season. It's going to be okay. Look at me. I said it's going to be okay. Look at me. I said you can trust God. He is the author and the finisher. Guys, he's going to finish what he started. Worship band, come on up here. Listen to this. This is good. Listen. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. How was Abraham the father of us all? Why? Because we are spiritual children, spiritual children of Israel. Listen, I know that's a whole other teaching, a whole other time, but listen. Who contrary to hope, talking about Abraham. Remember, they were too old to have the child. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became a father of many nations. You know what that means, in hope? Contrary to hope, in hope. Hope in the Bible doesn't mean what we think it means. It means known. Let me, let me tell you what this is. Abraham knew the natural realm. He knew it was impossible. Just like they knew the Red Sea, it was impossible. But Moses, contrary to hope, contrary to that we know that water doesn't part itself, Moses knew and trusted God. Abraham knew. Contrary to what he knew, he knew that God could do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or imagine. Now listen. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. He already did. Since he was about 100 years old, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Listen, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. I read all that to you to tell you this. God's able to finish what he started in. You may think you've gone too far the other way. You may be in the night season and think you're driving the wrong way. You may not see. You may not know and understand. You may be fearful what's going on. But listen to this. You need to know this tonight. God is able. He is able to perform that what He promised in your life. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. God is going to finish what He started. When you're in the night season, praise Him. When you're on the mountaintop, praise Him. When you're in the valley, praise Him. He's good. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Church, God is good. Amen. As we stand tonight and worship all over this room, I encourage you and I invite you. Get lost in your praise.